So y'all ready to get in the word this morning? Are you ready to get in the word this morning? Hallelujah. Man, you guys look amazing. Oh, thank you, John. Wow. Don't make my head big, man. It's already big enough, my ears, but anyway. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. I've been talking about desire. Last week we talked about resurrection, and we talked about how, how we've been restored to favor, restored to family, restored to fellowship, restored to favor. Amen. Amen. Resurrection. Say this with me. Resurrection life, resurrection life is working in me. Working in you. Say this with me. I am, I am a demonstration. Of resurrection life. Hallelujah. You know, a number of weeks ago, I started talking about desire. Having a hunger after God. Luke says, hunger now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's right now. And tomorrow when you get here, it's hunger right now. Are you hungry for God? Because it says those that hunger and thirst after him would be filled. I want to live full. How about you? I don't want to live empty. I want to live full. Hallelujah. Now, broadcast team, just be ready. I might be up here. I might come down there. So we'll just see how this flows this morning. So have your Bibles turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Might be too, might not be able to get all, th- all through this today, but next week we'll pick up where, where, where we leave off. We'll see how, how, how long we get in this. But today I want to talk about desire and hunger, but as it pertains to the Word of God. Because my hunger for the Word of God has everything to do with me receiving resurrection life, And walking in resurrection life. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. I'm in Psalms chapter 4. That's not going to work. I'm sure there's something great there, but. um, Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 4. says, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. I love how it says, get wisdom, get understanding. But where is this wisdom and understanding going to come from? It's going to come from the what? The word. The word, get wisdom. This, this should be our desire in life. Our desire should be, or our pursuit should be, our prayer should be wisdom. The, what we're pursuing is get wisdom and all you're getting, get understanding. But remember, where is that wisdom going to come from? It's going to come from the word. So ultimately, it should also, it could say this, get to the word. 
Because when I get to the word, I'm going to get wisdom. And when I get to the word, I'm going to get understanding. And it says, don't turn from it. Let's go to, for the sake of time, let's go to verse 20. My son, bless you you as well. My son, give attention to my words. I'm just going to go ahead and come down for a minute. My son, give attention to my words. Give attention. King James says, attend to my words. Lean in to the word. Protect the word. If you're going to tend something, you're guarding it. You're making it a priority. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. What is that phrase, incline your ear to my sayings? That means to lean in to inspired teaching. When it says here, that's what, if you look at the word, incline into my sayings... It means incline into inspired teaching. So whether you're talking about the word of God that you're reading or the word of God that's being preached, it's our purpose to be, it's, it's what we should be is attending to it and inclining our ear to it. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. It's held to all your flesh. So this word that I'm leaning into, this inspired teaching, like right now, if you open your heart to it, you're going to receive inspired teaching. And if you lean into it this morning, I'm going to tell you, it's going to bring change to you. It's going to bring life to you. It's going to bring strength to you. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life, life. Life unto those that find them. When you find revelation, it brings life to you. If you're going through a situation, you're going through trouble in life, when you find the word and you get rhema on that word, it will bring life to your situation. What does that mean? It brings hope to my situation. It's giving me answers to my problems. It's giving me solutions to my problems. It's giving me, giving me hope for, for me to build and establish and cause my faith to rest upon. This word gives life. I want you to leave here today with such a desire for this word. I want you to leave here today where you can't wait until you have another opportunity to get into this book. Let's desire this word. If you truly desire God, it's not some sort sort of ethereal experience. But it's, I want to also be in his word. We are not an emotional driven people. We aren't a, we aren't a, we're not moved by our feelings and our emotions. We're moved by the word of God because situations will change, but the word of God doesn't. That's why I have to desire this word. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, I found the words and he goes, I did eat them. Meaning if he was finding it, he had to be looking for it. And when you come to this word and you're looking for the necessary food that I talked about a couple weeks ago, I think it's Isaiah 55, and it talks about come, come, 
Come, all who are thirsty, come. Find milk, find wine, find, 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 find life when I come to him. There's life in this word. There's life in this word. This isn't a fable, a, a, a tall tale. This isn't some sort of uh, just uh, religious, archaic book that doesn't relate to us today. No, it's the only book that's in the dark ages. They try to outlaw it. They try to hide it away. And it's the only book that ever resurrected itself. And when people doubt it and people aren't sure of it, then all of a sudden in 1948, they find the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know what? There's no one else in the world being killed in... 1040 window countries killed because they carry a book like this. Think about it. See, see, taking this out of schools and was it 1963? Is that the right year? Is the downfall of our society. So if you still want to continue to follow progressive leaders, you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself because the progressives in this nation is what got us to where we are today. If you want to continue to vote for politicians that run cities and countries like cities and communities like Chicago and L.A. and New York that run these major cities, you need to check yourself because all they've done is continue to put people in more and more poverty. But it all comes down to you're refusing to yield to the word of God. You can write me letters later. Don't get emotional in anything that we do in, in, in life. Don't get emotional when it comes to politics. Stick with the word. Stick with the word. Stick with the word. Probably just lost a few people there, but... But under, let's get back. Let's get back to the word. <laughs> See, this is what, when I come off there, this is what happens. <laughs> Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The word, the word, the word. Desire the word. Why is it so important for me to to hold this word as so valuable? Because God does. God pursued his word or held to his word so strong that when in uh, Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews uh, 6, possibly Hebrews 10, where he said that he could swear by no greater, that he swore to himself. That means if he didn't fulfill this, he would cease to be. Let's go to um, Psalms 33. Psalms 33. Let's, let's talk.
talk about the word a little bit more and what, when God thinks about his word, what should we also think about? Psalms 33. Let's look at verse 1. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with a heart, make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings, sing to him a new song, play skillfully with a shout of joy. Now listen to this. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. Now listen, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. See, there's a connection between his word and his work and his goodness. Now we're going to see something here as we read these scriptures, okay? Because he said, for the word of the Lord is right and his work is done in truth. Anytime that you see God's word, you cannot separate it from his work. Because his word does what? It produces. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? Why? Because the word, his word and its very nature is alive. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Meaning the word of God has the ability to discern what I'm thinking is of God or not of God. It has the ability to look at a situation and say, hey, what is the right direction? What is the right, right way? How should I make this? How should I live? Why? The word of God is alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Meaning it has the ability to cut away the things that don't belong, but at the same time it has the ability to cauterize and heal things. Why? Because the word is alive. This is living and breathing. The word. His word is final authority. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord. The heavens were made. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. We're seeing his word and we're seeing a work. And all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. You know, every time you breathe, every time you say a word, you're breathing. So that's what it's saying here. And by the breath of his mouth, every time that God speaks... He gathers the waters and the seas together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. As part of the series of desire and hunger is also coming back to a place of all of who he is. If you're not in all of who he is and reverence him, his, you'll treat his word lightly. As I said before, I want you to leave here with a desire for the word. Because if you have a desire for the word, then you have a desire for him. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of him. Verse 9, for he spoke and it was done. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. What are we seeing? His word and his work. 
The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. And the counsel of the Lord stands forever. Meaning what he says goes. What he decrees, it's established. Hallelujah. The word and his work. I want you to see that before we go. I'm just laying a foundation here. I want you to see the importance of his word. But don't disconnect it from his work. It's his word and his work. In Genesis chapter 1, when darkness was upon the face of the deep, when it was in a place of chaos and it was in a place of disorder, what happened? God spoke, said the Holy Spirit hovered upon the face of the deep. And God said, light be. His word and his work. When you release the word, now listen, There's so many things that go into motion. When you are connected to heaven, you're connected to the word, and you release faith-filled words. Hebrews tells us that that when we speak words, it says angels. Hearken. Hearken to those that are heirs of salvation. What's happening? When you speak, God works. Now, I'm not going to, my assignment this morning is not the words of your mouth, but you have to understand that's how God's kingdom operates. It's how he operates. You're like, is this one of those name and claim it churches? Yes, it is. Why? Because I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm saved. Blab it and grab it. I I believe that. Why? Because if you don't believe that, then you're not saved. Because the whole premise of your salvation is established believing in your heart and speaking with your mouth. Those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if we don't really believe, name and claim it, then, then we really don't believe how faith operates. If you had faith as a mustard seed, you would what? Say. So we have to understand, I want you to understand this morning that, that, that this, that we need to understand that when we get a desire for his word, ultimately it's to produce works. Let's go to Psalms 107. Psalms 107. See, for the sake of time, let's look at verse 19. Thank you, Father. So then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 20, he sent his word, and what? Hey, John, it's good to see you. I hadn't seen John in a while. He sent his word and healed him. See, there's a connection between his word and his work. It just didn't say, oh, and he healed them. No, he had to do something first. 
He had to send the word. You're not going to do anything apart from the word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destruction. Wow. So the word has the ability to take me out of my chaos. The word has the ability to take me out of my problems. The word of God has the ability to set my feet upon a rock where I cannot be moved. The word of God has ability within it. I mean, the angel came to Mary, the angel came to Mary and, and, and tells her this, this promise, this word from God. And the angel goes, says that all things are possible with God. But if you really read that translation there and look it up in the Greek, that phrase there of what it says there in Luke chapter one is actually what means this, that no word from God is without the power to fulfill. And it says, when God speaks a word, it says, no word without power for God to fulfill it. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them out of all your, all your destruction. Hey, what destruction might be going on in your life today? I want you to know he will send his word. He will give you a word. He'll give you a word to stand on, stand upon and hold to his word. And deliver them from all of their destruction. Hallelujah. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Here we see his word and his works. His word and his works. His word. It was his word and his works in creation that caught that, that we have the ability to see everything that he created. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2 it is, by the, by the word of God, the worlds were framed. We celebrated the, the resurrection of Jesus last week. But what was it? It was a fulfillment to a word. So Jesus dying on the cross was the fulfillment of God's word. So even in creation and resurrection... Even in your own personal encounter with God, we're seeing his word and his works in fulfillment. Say this with me. Resurrection life is working in me because his word is working in me. Let's go to John chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us today. Hallelujah. Mm. People can have misconceptions if we use words such as deliverance. We can think of a a demonic response, right? If you think of someone being delivered, you think of a demonic response, right? Most people that's when you think of deliverance is that what this is participation, right? Majority of the people, when they think of deliverance, they think of some sort of supernatural encounter, exorcist thing, head spins around. But you know what? I've sat under the word and listened to the word, yet deliverance came. And it had nothing to do with, with a demon. It had to do with wrong thinking. 
So when we talk about Jesus preached deliverance to the captives, you can be sitting here captive to wrong mindsets and just and continue to live broke and, 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 and going in the wrong direction. People can have sowed wrong information into you and, and the, the media giving you wrong information. You're running with it, but yet you can sit under the word for just a moment. And all of a sudden, women, you're like, wow, that, that is truth. Because the Bible says when his spirit bears with my spirit, then I'm a child of God. It's the same thing with the word preach that, that you can hear truth. And something in here is like, there's something right about that. I'm not sure about it. I don't understand it all. And so you're hearing the word, but yet deliverance comes. A lot of little rabbit trails this morning. Thank you, Father. I told you John 1, right? Thank you, Father. John 1, look at, look at verse 1. In the beginning was the what? I mean, if we could just establish that as the primary pursuit in our lives, it could, it could settle a lot. In the beginning was the Word. The Word had a lot to do with your new beginning too. Someone, somewhere, had to sow a Word. Whether you were watching... Christian television, whether you were working with someone, whether you heard a song, whether your parents ministered to you, whether you went to church, somewhere, somehow, someone sowed a word. In the beginning was the word. And whatever you're facing, going to, what your destiny holds, in the beginning, let it be the word. Dr. Savell communicates it this way, and it was in a book they had years, about, years ago about um, destiny and dreams. And he says that our heart is a canvas. It's like a blank canvas. When you were born and you were a young child, you had a, you had a canvas of your heart. And it was maybe the parents, friends, relationships, TV video games, art, all sorts of influences were painting on that canvas and painting a picture that carried you to your destiny. That happened for me. Insecurities, fears, the fear of people, the fear of failure. And it caused me to think a certain way, but but when... I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Even though I had, I had, I had still had some wrong thinking, all of a sudden now, there's also almost like a new canvas. Yeah. And this is how I had to look at it. That every, this is how Dr. Dole communicates it. That every time that you get in the word of God, look at God as the painter. Look at the word as the paint. And allow him to frame and paint the, the destiny in your future. But if you just look at this word as, oh, it's, uh, don't understand it. That's the enemy lying to you. 
Why? Because he doesn't want God and the word to paint a new picture on the canvas of your heart. I want you to know that because of the word, and even right now, there's some of you here, you're kind of questioning what I'm speaking. But I want you to know if you stick with the word, whether you don't understand, continue to come and hear the word, allow him to give you hope for a better tomorrow. If you're new here, I'm asking, give us a year of your life. Serve, get plugged in, get established, and allow God to bring resurrection to your life. Or in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. You could say the Word. And without the Word... Nothing was made that was made in him, or you could say in the word, because if him is the word and the word is him. Yeah, the Bible uses correct pronouns, okay? Just in him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Man, the word will illuminate your darkness right here, right now. Hallelujah. Verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, or we could say as many as received the word, to them he gave the right, the privilege to be children of God. He gave the right to be children of God. So when I take this word and I understand his work, this word calls me now to be a son of God. I have a privilege to be a son of God because of his word today. But as many as, verse 12 again, but as many as received him to them, that's me. He gave the right to become sons of God or children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, meaning it, it wasn't about the family that you were born into. It wasn't a blood. It, it wasn't about your genealogy. And he says, it wasn't the will of the flesh, meaning there's, there's no reason in your flesh that you could ever choose this to obtain it. It wasn't the will. Of, you couldn't will this yourself. You, you, you're not God. And then it says, not the will, and it wasn't the will of man. But it was the will of God. The will of God is the word of God. And the word of God calls me to be a child of God. So if I understand the word, then I can understand his work. That his word was Jesus made me a son of God. See, I want you to see this morning that that, that desire this word because it, because it the word is what brings about kingdom. The word is what brings about kingdom. The word of God is what brings about change. The word that God spoke is what brought resurrection, life. Thank you, Father. Verse 14, and what? And the word became flesh. Wow. 
the word. The word. If you hold to the word and stick with the word, I'm telling you, it will become flesh in your life. Thank you, Father. Go to Romans chapter 1. Are you receiving something this morning? Yes, sir. Romans chapter 1. Say, Father, I thank you for the word. It's life to me. Hmm. Uh, let me start in verse 15. It says, So as much as is in me, Paul speaking here, he said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. You don't preach in silence. There's no, there's no osmosis and just hope they get it. No, there, there's got to be some words. I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Then he says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So Paul's saying, the gospel that I'm preaching, I'm ready to preach it into Rome. Why am I want to preach it in Rome? Why? Because I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the message. The gospel is a word from God to all of humanity. And he says, I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Because there's power in this gospel. There's power in this gospel. There's strength in this gospel. There's resurrection in this, in this gospel. For it is the power of God to salvation. You know, there, it's to salvation, meaning the gospel is the title deed. The gospel is the entry point for me to acquire salvation. Amen. Then it goes on and, say, and, and says this, and, and, and it says this, that in it, so in the gospel, it's the power of God to salvation. In it, in it is the righteousness of God is revealed. Meaning, meaning, I can see who God really is, Alex. It's revealed to me. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed. And it's from faith. And someone translates that springing to faith. Understand that faith is not a natural force. Faith is a spiritual force. Faith is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual law. Yes, you can have natural belief. You can have natural confidence. Natural trust through experience. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, faith is a force. It's a faith. It's a force that moves mountains. It's a force that would cause someone like the, the woman with the issue of blood. And we know it wasn't just, it wasn't just her seeing Jesus pass by. Because faith always has to be based upon a word from God. 
You're like, well, how did that work for her? Why? Because it said she kept saying. She kept saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Well, what was her faith established in? Her faith was established in the prophets where it said the Messiah would come and he would have healing in his wings. The wings it's talking about are not things you fly with. The wings were things that would come from a high priest's garment. And so she had the word of God. She heard that Jesus was coming through and he knows that he's a healer. And so she kept saying within herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. So the word met with work and called a miracle, caused a miracle. The word, it produces faith, which is a supernatural force. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Some of you may like another scripture. It's life. It's life. I want to minister to something that touches your, the spirit of who you are, not your soulish realm. There's too, too much preaching that just touches the mental realm and never touches the soul, the, the, the spirit of a man. 2 Corinthians 4, look at verse 1. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy... We don't lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Man, let go, let go of the past. We're not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Meaning, I'm not using the word of God to get personal gain. I mean, I'm not using the word to manipulate my life or others. I'm not handling the word in de- deceitful craftiness nor handle the word of God deceitfully but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience what what does this mean manifestation of the truth Paul's saying look I'm not handling the word in a way to get personal gain but what do I do I'm manifesting the gospel what does that mean to manifest the gospel it means I'm manifesting through the word of the gospel and I'm manifesting it through the work of the gospel. Paul's saying, I'm releasing the word, but I'm also seeing the manifestation of what I'm preaching. It's not something in theory, but no, signs or wonders are following the what? The word preached. What does the very last chap- verse of Mark chapter 16 say? The Holy Spirit would confirm the word See, it's the Holy Spirit confirming the word. It's not confirming Justin. That's what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying it's the manifestation of the truth. He's saying it's not the manifestation of me. It's the manifestation of the truth. So Paul is connecting to Mark chapter 16 that says the Holy Spirit is confirming the word preached. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't confirming the poem that's talked about. The Holy Spirit is not confirming a good illustration. 
The Holy Spirit's confirming the word that's preached. He's confirming revelation. He's confirming the words that have come by God from God for people. I know I'm leaving a trail there, Kermit. (laughs) Why is this so important? Let's look at verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, you could say hidden. Even if our gospel is hidden, it's hidden to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this world has blinded. You see, Paul's saying, I'm preaching the gospel. And I'm seeing the manifestation of the truth. But as I'm preaching it, some people just can't see it. Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 13, Luke chapter 8, and Mark chapter 4. And he talked about the sower sows the word. And he talked about the, the different types of soil. And Jesus said, said, you know, if you had eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand... You would be good ground. What is good ground? Eyes to see. Ears to hear. And a heart to understand. And it says, if you have these things, you will have 30, 60, and 100 fold. Maximum harvest. Highest level attainable. You see, it all comes back to the word. And your heart. And he says, if, if I'm preaching this manifestation, I'm preaching the gospel, it goes, they don't hear it, they can't hear it. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded their minds. That's what the God of this world is doing. He's blinding minds. He's blinding minds through wrong thought processes, wrong identities, wrong understandings, wrong perceptions. Even blinds churches to, to, to not see the total word of God and, and to, to bring to, to places of total freedom. Because he says this, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe. Why does he want to blind their eyes? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservant for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Now he's bringing Genesis chapter 1 back. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Remember, his word and his work. Who has shown in our hearts, in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Meaning, just like God spoke light be, the same thing is when we speak the gospel, the same thing is happening in other people's lives. When we preach the gospel, what are we saying? I'm saying light be. I'm saying light be, 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 light be. When you can't see a situation, you can't see a way around your struggle, you can't see a way through the storm, or you don't know how your family is going to get through. When you get to the word, it's light be, light be, light be. Just like God said, light be in the midst of chaos. When you get in this word, is God saying light be, illuminate their darkness, let them see, let them. And as they see, they'll, they'll have hope. And as they have hope, they'll have faith. Light be. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Go to First Peter. First Peter, chapter one. 
resurrection life is working in me. Because the word's working in me. Kind of feels like Bible school this morning. Verse 17. Hallelujah. Actually, verse 18. 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed... You could say, knowing that you were not resurrected. Knowing you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver and gold, from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers, but with precious blood of Christ. Man. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That means that God spoke something. He was foreordained. God set something into motion by his word. God ordained him from the foundation of the world. You weren't redeemed with silver and gold. You're not redeemed by good works. You're not redeemed with how much money you give to a church. You're not, you're not redeemed by how friendly you are. You're only redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus. It says, who was foreordained, now listen, but was manifest in these last times for you. I mean, God spoke it long ago, but it was manifested for you and me. In these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. You could say, my faith and hope are in the word because the word is what tells me that. If I didn't have the word, I wouldn't know that, right? Verse 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, meaning because you've been changed in sincere love of the brethren, Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Think about that. Love, meaning because of this change on the inside of me, it should cause how I love people. Meaning because of this change, I'm a new creation. This resurrection on the inside of me, I should love people differently. That's another message. Verse 23. Then it says this, having been born again, or you could say resurrected. Having born again or resurrected, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. Man. Yes, you were born again by the precious blood of Jesus. But you've also been born again, not because of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible What does incorruptible mean? Something that has no defect. Something with no defect. Man, you've been born again, Alex, with something that's incorruptible. You've been born again. You've been resurrected because of something that has no defects in it. Through the word of God. 
which, li- notice, which lives and abides forever. All flesh is as grass. This is grass. It's going to wear out. And all the glory of man is like the flower of grass. Meaning, meaning your flesh is going to wear out and your bank account is going to be gone. Not now, but I'm talking about in the future. I'm talking about when you're gone, you're taking nothing with you. Okay? That's what I mean. Meaning the glory of man, meaning all your accolades, all how famous you were, how many Facebook likes you got, how many YouTube likes you got. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all going to fade away. But what the word of the Lord endures forever. Now I keep reading here. This is now this is the word which the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, evil, and all evil speaking. That's complaining. Gossip. So lay aside all these earthly things. Lay aside all these things. And it says, and as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Desire this word. See, it says as a newborn babe. It doesn't say you are a newborn babe. It says as a newborn babe. Just as much as a newborn baby desires the milk that they need to live, to grow up, to develop their, uh, their um, organs, to develop their strength, to develop and cause things to go into motion for the rest of their lives, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, so what? So you can grow. Yes. What does this mean? If I desire the, the, the word of God like a newborn baby does, you know what? They don't eat one time a day. You have a newborn baby, you know, they, all they do is eat, sleep, and poop. That's all they do. Amen. So it says, as a newborn babe. So I'm going to ask you, I mean, so what is just Sunday morning going to do? What is, you get my point. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. Okay, Lord. It's the sincere milk of the word. You're like, I'm into meat, brother. Well, you get down milk first. It's the sincere... Now, listen, okay. (laughs) I might get in trouble by some of you. (laughs) Okay. This is... The sincere milk of the word. Meaning, not false. Not fake. Some of you are listening to prophets you don't need to be listening to. You need, you need to, there's some prophets, and I would call them by name right now, that are not of God. And I know some of you are listening to them, because they might be on your favorite Christian television station. I'll call them out. The Lord's not giving me permission to. But there's some prophets. If you're going from prophecy to 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 prophecy, prophecy, what's the next word? What's going to happen in our country? What's going to happen? No, it's the sincere milk of the word. 
It's the sincere milk of the word. Now, I'm not saying that prophets don't exist. I'm just saying that some people, prophets shouldn't have a new word every week. And then it doesn't come to pass. And the next week, it's another prophecy. And next week, it's another pattern. They're like, well, give me four years and this will happen. No, let's stick to the word. Don't get off of the word. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm for prophets. I'm for real prophets. But just because they might be on TV or YouTube and have a lot of followers, and you might get a goosebump when they talk, doesn't mean they're speaking Jesus. Especially if they carry around and hold a stick. Some of you watch this field, now you know who I'm talking about. But Hey, look, I'm a pastor, I'm a shepherd. And so I'm here to guide you and protect you. And I'm telling you, if you're going on to certain websites, you're going to certain websites, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying if you're going to websites and trying to get new prophecies every week and you're not keeping your foot in the house... You should be listening to the message of this house more than you're listening to anything else. Everything else should just be a bonus. Yes, I listen to a lot of other preachers. But when Dr. Savell preaches here, I listen to that message probably 30 times. So I'm going to keep my foot in this house. Oh, Lord Jesus. The word, the sincere milk of the word. I'll close with this. I think. I have other script. We'll see. We'll get in those next week or not. But go to Isaiah 66 and we'll close with this. Isaiah 66. If you remember back, if you were here when I first started this series, it all started with Psalms 132. And I was just was meditating on that scripture and where it said, David said, I'm not going to sleep or slumber until I build you a house. And that's where this all started. And I want you to look at this scripture because... Let's put, let's put priority where priority should be. Because this is a prophetic scripture to our day. Verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord. Who's saying it? If he's saying it, then it's words, right? So we have words, and if we see words, then there's going to be works. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. 
but on this one will I look. Meaning, yeah, build me a house. Okay, that's great. It's, I created everything. It's the work of my hands. But on this one will I look. What is God looking for? On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit who trembles at my word. Wow. We can talk about all the great things we want to do for God. We can all we can talk about the ministries, the kingdoms, and the churches we want to build for God. The offerings we may want to give, and all those things are necessary. And there's some validity in all those things. They're admirable. They're found in the Word. But what is God looking for? Is someone with a poor and a con- didn't say broke person. Poor and contrite heart. Jesus refers, uses in his Beatitudes, I like to call them change your attitudes. <laughs> but he says, blessed are the, are the poor in spirit. Does it say, for they shall see God? Is that it? Is that it? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. Poor in spirit doesn't mean that you consider yourself worthless. Poor. Simplest definition of poor is I don't have enough. Let me ask you a question. Have you had enough of God? Has he become boring to you? Jesus, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those that can't get enough of him. For you shall see him. What does he desire? Someone that is a poor and a contrite heart. James even keys on this in James chapter 1, verse 22, I believe it is. He says, with a humble and a meek spirit, he says, receive the engrafted word that has the ability to save your soul. Welcome the engrafted word, not just the word. He says the engrafted word. One translation says the implanted word, meaning the word needs to become a part of you. Yes. Receive the engrafted word. He says, what does God desire? What is God looking for? But someone that's poor and a contrite heart who trembles at my word. Wow. Father, that we may tremble at your word that we may put your word as a priority in our lives, that your word would be our pursuit, that we would be in all of who you are, Father. Tremble at his word. When I come to the house of God, I just can't wait to incline my ear to your sayings. I can't wait until I get up on Monday morning until I can, I can in, attend to your words. This isn't being afraid of God's word. This is just treating it with reverence. Yes, amen. Lord, let this word be a priority in my life. Go ahead and stand to your feet.
Joseph, Danny, if you, if you want to come up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. What is trembling at his word? What does it look like? I tremble at his word when I believe that Jesus is alive. I tremble at his word when I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I tremble at his word when I believe that healing is for today. I tremble at his word when I, when I am filled and continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because his word tells me. I tremble at his word when I believe, according to the word, that the church is the hope of the world. I tremble at his word when I believe freedom is available. I tremble at his word when I choose to follow his voice when it comes to my finances and how I give. I tremble at his word and how I love my neighbor. I tremble at his word. How, what does it look like? It's when I'm encouraging my brother and my sister in Christ. I'm trembling at his word when I put others before myself. I'm trembling at his word when I go out of these doors and, 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 and the Holy Spirit says, talk to that person. And I'm obedient. That's trembling at his word. Trembling in his word is saying, Lord, I choose, I choose to suffer this wrong. I choose to, to do this even though I, I choose to be, I choose to be, have integrity. And even though it may look, may, I might look bad in the natural. I, why? Because I want to tremble at his word. I wouldn't want to bow before him in worship sometimes because I want to tremble at his word. Why would I stand up when everyone else is sitting down? Because I want to tremble at his word. I'm not talking about other people's words. I'm talking about his word. The word of God usually doesn't meet outside of the church house a lot of popular views. The only way to fulfill the destiny on your life is when we tremble at his word. And it becomes a desire in our lives. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Holy Spirit, just work in our hearts today. You've been doing a work our entire time. Thank you, Father. Holy, holy, holy. I tremble at your word. hear his voice the voice that's here that comes out of this the word of God 
and you're obedient to that, he'll meet you there every time. The word of God says that those that are, those that are sick, says that let them come to the elders of the church, anointing with oil that they might be healed. So what is trembling at his word in this moment for me? It's to do that. So if you have sickness in your body, come, come to the altar. The ushers are going to direct you. They'll only let so many down here just for space-wise. So I have Eric and Nikki, Joseph, Charlene, Pastor Phil, Diane. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're never wrong when you are doing what the word is telling you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Holy, holy, holy. You're holy, holy, holy. Eric, Nikki, Pastor Annette, can you come? Pastor Annette, thank you, Father. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit. Don't be a spectator, be a participator. Just worship the Lord right where you are. Worship sets the atmosphere for glory. Worship sets the atmosphere for glory. Hallelujah. Be healed and be whole. Be healed and be whole. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. Be healed and be whole. Be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed and be whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the glory of God. Ministering strength into this body. Into this body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Wholeness. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. He's touching you right now. Top of your head to the soles of your feet. He's touching you right now. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. It's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. Every bit whole. Every bit whole. 
Thank you for your creative nature. Thank you for your creative nature. That you have the ability to create something out of nothing. You make rivers in the desert. You make rivers in the desert. Where deserts shouldn't be, where rivers shouldn't be, hallelujah, hallelujah, you establish them. Why? Because that's how strong your word is. And Jesus sent, hallelujah, the Lord sent his word and healed you and delivered you from every bit of destruction. Okay, irregular heartbeat. Come up here real quick. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. An irregular heartbeat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Is Richard here? Is Richard there? Give me Okay. Annette? Hallelujah. You ready? Father, I thank you that you are divine energy and I thank you Lord there's frequencies in heaven that we know nothing of there's frequencies in heaven that have the ability to put this back into regular so father you said in your word that lay hands on the sick and they'll recover you said in your word to come to the elders of the church that ye might be healed so I say be healed in Jesus name Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I thank you for the frequencies that are in heaven that we know nothing about. And just as we have natural things with electricity that can put things back in order, I thank you for the frequency of heaven. Hallelujah. That's bringing healing right now in Jesus' name. Oh, ha-ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Divine energy. Divine energy. Hallelujah. Divine energy. Divine energy. Oh, divine energy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. frequencies of heaven. I thank you for your power and your ability is like nothing we've ever seen. When Jesus rose from the dead, hallelujah, there was, when, when Jesus died, it said there was an earthquake. Hallelujah. And it said, it affected it so much that it said the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. And Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. So I, that same power, Romans says the same power that raises Jesus from the dead quickens our mortal body. So I thank you as we release our faith over her today. I thank you, Lord, for the energy and the frequency of heaven to minister strength into this body in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I have joy today because I tremble at his word. You may, Pastor Justin, I've just had no energy lately. No energy. I feel like I'm depleted of energy. I have no strength for anything. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands right right where you are. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just step out in the aisle. Just step out in the aisle. Eric. (laughs) Just step out in the aisle. As you step out, we might have a lot lot of people. I, I don't know, but hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Annette, you good on that side? Usher, are you ready? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. Divine energy. Divine energy. Hallelujah. To flow in this body. Divine energy. When the Spirit of God came upon Elijah, when the Spirit of God came upon Elijah, it said that that he went in in the food and in the Spirit of God for 40 days. I'm telling you, that is supernatural energy. That's supernatural energy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. The energy of heaven would invade our lives and our physical bodies. Because Paul said, Paul said, hallelujah, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead would quicken our bodies. Quicken our bodies. Quicken. Make alive. Strengthen. Make whole in every way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Woo! Strength. Strength. Say, say, I receive strength. In my inner man, right now, I receive strength, wisdom, direction, and guidance in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Strengthen, strengthen with all might in your inner man. Hallelujah. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Man. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Mm. The promises of God are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Mm. your word. I tremble at your word. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a greater hunger for the word? (laughs) Do you have a greater hunger for the word of God? That was my assignment today. That was my assignment greater desire for the word. Wow. Mm. Hallelujah. Wow. Just give him a shout of praise as Troy comes up. And... 